0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 113 of the Apologue podcast. This will be the last one of the year. Um, the next scheduled episode is supposed to happen on Boxing Day. And history dictates that people don't really listen to shows on Boxing Day because they're too busy doing family things. So what I'd like to say right now is I'm going to probably do a best of. It will probably one of the best of this year's. Maybe last year's my favorite show. And I don't have a few of them, so I'll probably play that next week. So if you want to come back next week, do that, but uh, here you go. This episode is brought to you in part by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com/alog. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android or Kindle player. There's books on tapes. If you like being read to, that's, that's the place to go to. Don't forget to go to audibletrial.com slash Amazon, I have an affiliate program with Amazon. You can. There's an easy way to do it for Canadians. So Canadians, you can just go to appalogue.ca slash Amazon. It will transport you magically to the Amazon page. And anytime you shop, bookmark the link that you just loaded, and you'll be supporting the show. For everybody else, Americans and UK people, go to applelog.ca and click on the links on the right side, which will be the affiliate programs. Bookmark those links, shop and support the show. If you're interested in pledging to the show on a monthly amount basis, go to patreon.com slash Patreon is spelled patreo dot com slash applelog. is spelled A-P-O-L-O-G-U-E. You can pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees. You can cancel at any time. It really does help me out on a monthly basis, and I appreciate whoever's signed up for that. I appreciate it. But you know, we could always do with more. Inside Recorders is a recording studio. It's not just a place where you can come set up your kit and your instruments and make music and possibly smoke the occasional doobie. It's an online recording service. So if you want to have your album mixed and mastered by moi, that's French for me, you can send it to uh, go to slash rates for more information. In... Oh, if you're interested in purchasing a t-shirt from this show, go to applelock.ca slash shop. You can um, buy my my band Foursquare's discography for $20. Hey, if you listen to this show on iTunes, don't forget to rate and review the show. Don't forget to give us some stars, and don't forget to tell a friend. If you're interested in getting caught up on any news from the from the show, go to facebook.com slash And if you're just interested in anything that I do, mostly it's show-related, go to at SimonHead666 in Twitter, and follow me there. I went and saw Rogue One last night, by the way. Rogue One was um, incredible. It was, it was one, of the, one of the greatest movies I've seen all year. That's my review. Give it five stars. Today on the show is Chad Zouavier. Zouavier? Is that how you say his last name? Zouavier. And I'm, got, I'm butchering his last name. Even though I've known him since the early 90s, when well, my band Red Fisher, we used to come and stay at his house in Minneapolis. Whenever we were come through town, we would stay at the THD house. And it was just a good days because it was a familiar face. I even remember moving over to, when I came back from Toronto to go back to Winnipeg, I stayed at Chad's place. He put me up. I just called him out of the blue. There he was. Let me in. Let me sleep on his couch. He's a good dude. He played in a band called Threadbear. An amazing amazing band like there's other bands out there like called sensefield texas is the reason split lip which became chamberlain threadbare was all part of that gushy what people like to call emo uh i don't really call it that but that was the movement that that moved forward and Chad was very much part of that scene and here he is my friend <whistles> chad Swavier. did it do it right chad Swavier? i don't know correct me On the Apple Podcast, everybody. So the first time, yeah, we met was at the you said THD. Yeah. I, I just kept calling it THC. I think even back then because I'm delusional. Um, yeah. So explain that that house was sort of the punk house that people would just go and call you up from Maximum <laughs> Rock and Roll and say we're coming over. And uh, you?
1: No, it was just like a bunch of musicians lived there. Jason um, Jason Parker was kind of the main guy there. He ran THD Records, so he had a record label and he was one of the first ones there. He was one of the original ones there. There's used to be a group of older guys and like he is his peers and they all kind of left eventually. And then we all kind of moved in, like the new kids kind of came in, but it was kind of like his label THD was the basis of it. And it just became the, yeah, the old punk house. Like it's, <laughs> it's kind of funny so many bands play in the basement A Clutch play in the basement I have a, I still have an audio I have a cassette of Clutch playing down there really in my little studio yeah I have it it's in, it's in the other room right now so I, remember I, I remember that studio
0: I remember that studio yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> a little 8-track studio
0: yeah no it was cool because I remember the booth being like this weird it was almost like a phone booth like, yeah, you, yeah, you stood in tiny. the thing. You couldn't fit any other people, right? <laughs> yeah. I remember it was that. tiny. Yeah. Tiny basement. I, I don't think Red Fisher ever played in that basement, though.
1: I don't think so, no. No. It's funny enough. It's like crazy. You guys never played in that basement.
0: It's you not like we had an abundance of shows to play in Minneapolis, either.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it, you played 7th Street all the time. First Avenue, 7th Street Entry. Yeah, that's true. once, for sure, yeah, it's just, it was a cool house. I guess it's funny. So many good memories there. So I literally lived in the closet upstairs. So I had a deal. I had the studio. So I had a closet, walk-in closet. I turned into a bedroom with a fold-down bed, and I kept my clothes in the hallway in the drawer. <laughs> it's insane. Sixty dollars a month.
0: What? Really? That yep. sounds like old-timey, insane. like 1930s kind of like.
1: Ins- I know. It's insane.
0: Room and rent. The uh, you know I've been trying to explain this to people who don't understand the concept of like networked punk rock bands back in the nineties. And oh, yeah. we were essentially networked into a few different houses, similar to yours. And yeah. it was always welcome to have a couch or a floor to, totally. to lay on, especially in the States when we're there under, um, you know, not necessarily legal terms. We're not, you we know, don't work papers, Yep. Uh, <laughs> We All just, of
1: our fake tours we like oh we're going to record in Canada yeah, yeah. we're recording send the police fax us this thing to Kinkos and we'll bring it up
0: you can't that can't do that anymore <laughs> man like they can cons- yeah. they know whether or not um you have malicious intentions yeah. even if you're going to come up and record and spend money which you're not even you know and i think this tough trying to figure trying to explain that to border police is we're not making any money we're yeah. spending more than we're <laughs> making and yeah. you know and going to Europe was always like Hey, come on in. We yeah. we, we welcome this. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Threadbear was your was Threadbare's your band, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah it's your first real punker band or is that
1: Um, no, we I had a band before that called Downside, which um, Mike our drummer for Threadbear, we after Downside ended, we started Threadbear. But it was like Threadbare was the first I guess more nationally known, so yeah, it became bigger.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Doghouse is like same with like Chamberlain or Split Lip. That was sort of yeah, Doghouse exactly. stuff, right? Yeah,
1: I don't, I don't have, yeah, I don't have anything good to say about Doghouse so we'll just what we'll will Oh, see. really? <laughs> <laughs> we won't say anything.
0: I just rediscovered yeah. the Chamberlain well ever to the Split Lip album, uh, Fate's Got a, Is it Fate's Got a Driver? Yeah, Fates yeah. It's
1: yeah. an amazing record. It's
0: I can't believe how amazing. good that sounds. It's I, incredible, yeah. Yeah. I was talking to Sergi from Am because their drummer used to play in Split Lip or in Chamberlain. They're yeah, drummer yeah. now. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm friends with all those guys. Still, yeah. like still
0: yeah. Oh really? So do you still connect like Because I remember you also had Jimmy World demos. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. Sensefield friends, demos. Then,
1: too. Yeah, those guys were all friends. I yeah. remember I got the Sensefield demo at, at THD house. Some um uh, some band was playing and he had a cassette of it. I'm like, Oh my god, this is incredible. And so I wrote you know, I had the address and I wrote to John Bunch who just passed away yeah. a few months ago. Yeah. Like, so I wrote to John and John wrote back and he's like, here, I i don't have any more copies, but here's my personal copy. Sent me his own copy.
0: Incredible. You know, and we
1: became friends ever since. And that, you know, I, I just dug up pictures. I went and hung out with him like, you know, mid nineties too. I barely knew them that well, but I'm like, Hey, I'll come out. I'm coming out to California. Hang out. Yeah. And stayed with like, you know, uh, those guys, and it's just yeah, I had pictures in the studio with them recording and hanging out. It's like
0: funny. Yeah, yeah. So, J- yeah. John was on the show uh, in September last year, and then I guess he died in February this year. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's actually is it was ruled out as suicide, right? I know
1: it's insane. Yeah. I don't believe it. <laughs>
0: you can't put that story together. Like I don't know. There's no like because I don't have the whole story.
1: I don't have the whole story either. I mean, I don't, there's something else. His family came out later and said something. He had some, he had a, a brain injury or trauma or something. And he was going through like troubled times or something. I don't know. Hmm. I, I, yeah. There's something to do with. He had a trauma, like a head trauma or something.
0: Well, that would explain uh, a lot. That would explain a lot, you know, because if you are, you know, if, if something happens, cause I mean, like I, I, I followed the story. Cause I, you know, he's, he dropped his car off and then took a walk and ended up like two blocks away from his car. And it's like, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, he was, he was, he was high and all that stuff. But yeah. What a, you know, I mean, what a, what a great guy. I mean, what a great and, soul. Yeah. Like just yeah, a totally great...
1: like the nicest human ever. It really. just the nicest person.
0: Yeah. And what, you just, know, yeah. you know, it, it's stuff. you know, people, people go through dark times and stuff, but it's like, I don't know. I always find that it's pretty, you know, it's, it's, it's it's weird because they come off as being nice people and soft and everything, but you don't know what is lying in there in the darkness in the background, you know? So Yeah, for sure. But what a great guy. We need to remember him actually just for being a cool stand-up guy that sends his personal copies. Yeah, out.
1: exactly. That's what I'm saying. That just kind of showed who he was. Hey, I love this record. Oh my God, I, I was a huge fan of Reason to Believe. And he was, oh, we don't have any more copies. We did it ourselves. But here's my last personal copy. Again. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah, yes. I remember the Jason Records guys in Torrance gave us copies or let us listen to it, but didn't let us copy it. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're like, can we borrow this and record it? I think I had a recording, cassette recording session in your house, actually, where I was just had all these CDs that I couldn't <laughs> listen to. And I just grabbed all your stuff, but you wouldn't let you wouldn't let me do the Sense Field either. It was funny. You were like, "Nope, really? that's not happening. Not happening. So that was... Really? Yeah, oh, you my- know, whatever. You, you knew. It was yours. Nobody can have it. You were anti-pirating back then, man. <laughs> no,
1: I'm not anti-pirating. I don't. I, must, I don't know what that was about.
0: That was probably maybe a somebody
1: thing. Said, don't copy it, or I don't know. Maybe somebody told me that
0: Jeff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. So you left Minneapolis when? When did you leave? Because did you go straight I, to New York?
1: I went. Yeah, I went straight to New York in '97. So I went. Yeah, toured with Shelter because I was going to move to New York with Norm, Norm Arenas, now Norman Brandon. From Texas is a reason. Mm-hmm. Like we were friends. Threadbare played shows with Texas, and so we became friends. And those guys are still like closest friends ever. But you know, I was, I was supposed to move to New York with Norm, and then he's like called me and said, "Oh man, you know, we're supposed to move in like two months or something." Where he's like, "Oh, I'm going on tour next week with Shelter. I'm playing guitar." I'm like, "Oh man, what? What am I gonna do?" Then he's like, "Hold on, I'll call you back." <laughs> he calls me back five minutes later. Yeah, you want to come with? Cool, two hundred dollars a week guitar tech
0: oh I'm like,
1: okay <laughs> I'm like, you have to leave I'm like now get here next week i'm like oh gosh i threw threw my stuff in a friend's house and left wow I'm like i'll deal with it later i'll deal with it later and then just kind of ended up getting an apartment in between like a break in the tour and that's it moved to new york right know, yeah. it's pretty crazy i don't know i think i'm back i'm like what the hell that's i just like yeah. all right i'm going for it like no money like it's no money i borrowed like two grand from like a stranger to get an apartment like
0: what the hell <laughs> <laughs> were you in manhattan or were you outside like yeah we were
1: in manhattan lower east side like the, you know the craziest shittiest thing ever like it's horrible it's, it's still where we lived it's like next to the housing project so it's in the, even to this day i was there last week and it will not change it's oh it's just it's just like a crazy little zone of it's next to the housing projects and it's like my block was puerto rican and my neighbor was the godfather he was murdered eventually and he was the nicest guy and he just sat on the stoop all day and kind of protected the neighborhood. And, it was bizarre, like bizarre, but I, no problems there. I, I loved the neighborhood; the people were cool. Mm-hmm. I think I was like the second white person in the building, maybe. Yeah, you know.
0: Well, the, I mean, the thing is too is if you go finding trouble, trouble will find you. And yeah, in yeah. You. I have no
1: problems with my neighborhood; it's great. I used to go to the YMCA on the street and work out, and all the all the homeboys would be there and like working out, and like that's all you can lift. Like it'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Yeah.
0: laughs>
1: I'd make fun of that like, That's it, dude. You're only curling that much. Give
0: me that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Well, I mean, to move to New York, as I drove there a lot in the early 90s. I used to deliver elevator parts. That was my job for a while. Nice. So I'd be driving through Manhattan uh, at a, as a 19-year-old person and going, this is the biggest, scariest city in the world. And even moving from... Well, you were kind of close to downtown of Minneapolis, if there was one. But to move... To, to the scariest part of town. Yeah. Did it ever have it occurred to you or was it just being a kid going, ah, there's no problem here? Or do you yeah, think if you me,
1: yeah, I thought about it, but it's just, I'm kind of like, I don't know. So it is what it is. Like, you know, New York, I knew like New York's crazy and stuff. So just, I knew what I was getting into. I remember looking at apartments with Norm and we're like, this is an apartment. What the fuck? Are you kidding yeah, me? Yes. Yeah. Like people live in this thing. Like the, you know, all these like tenement apartments, like just dude, the, Kitchen and the bathroom are the same. The bathtubs in the kitchen. I don't know how the <laughs> fuck are we gonna do this.
0: <laughs> and you had a roommate? <laughs> or was yeah. it just you?
1: No, Norm and I got it together. Like we got a little we found a four hundred square foot apartment, two bedroom, brand new, renovated. It was pretty cheap at the time for what it was. I think it was like thousand dollars eighty seven rent controlled. Like it was tiny, tiny, but it was hey, it was brand new and good. So
0: it sounds but good. Again.
1: But again, I'm like, wow, this is crazy. It's expensive and even Norm, like, you know, years later is kind of like, I'm so surprised you never got mugged walking around. You're just like, this like white dude walking around. and like, He's like, I'm so surprised nobody fucked with you. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> Did you have, I mean, because you weren't really, unass- you were pretty unassuming looking anyways. Like, because you never kind of like dyed your hair, like stark green and... You, nah, we ever that no, it you were black. It
1: was black a lot. Like yeah, I remember when I first met you, I think I had long black straight hair. A lot yeah, I
0: don't know. yeah, I remember. Do you know, but I it always,
1: was you guys. would always like call me Evan and stuff. I, <laughs> I, think, I think I still have some redfish, and I was like, "Hey, Evan, we went to the store." You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> well, we used to. We also, I think we, we used to. Did, we never did it to your place, but I think we used to hot glue um, ornaments to the side tables of people's beds. We would just glue <laughs> it there, so like they go to grab something and it's glued to the table. Never did that to you, I don't think. Did we? No, no. no okay, thank God. <laughs> Never be invited back.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're not home anymore.
0: Yeah. So go. I mean, the, I mean, I was just thinking, going back, thinking of a, like, you just get a phone call from me, and I'd be like, uh, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm driving through town with my stuff well, in my car, and uh, it'd be nice if I could just stay at your place for the night." Maybe, and I pull up in my blue Volvo and the exhaust pipes hanging off. That was, that was, I think, the last time I stayed at your place. Yeah. And I was on my way back to, because uh, I I think we did, was it Christmas or something? I can't remember, but it was I was driving back across um, to Winnipeg in my car. Uh, it wouldn't have been the first time, because the first time I didn't know you, but it was the second time I drove back to Winnipeg. And I just pull up, and I just, I can't remember how I contacted you, because we didn't have internet. We didn't have anything.
1: No. no, it's crazy. I think back, too. I try to tell people, man, the 90s... It was like in our scene, the music scene in the night. It's like, where was that? Like, we did everything without internet. We It was true networking. If you said three o'clock be at this address, you were there at that address. Absolutely. You know, like there was no bullshit. We had, you know, stolen card numbers from things and, you know, calling cards and the the fake pager things, like the, the dialers, you know, the fake coins. You, hook up you
0: know, with. that was invented by uh, Steve Wozniak. He invented that. You know that, right? Oh, really? The, the dialer that. thing. Yeah, he and, he and, and, and Steve Jobs invented that dialer that pirating really? dialer thing yeah oh, wow. it's in the book i got Jeez. the book around here somewhere where they talk about <laughs> yeah. inventing the dialer yeah i never I had
1: remember one we had those too they put on the phone and they...
0: it sounds like change dropping right yeah yeah that's yep. genius
1: <laughs> perfect <laughs> so
0: so did you play in any bands in new york when you're in or was that just sort of the like
1: yeah yeah i totally i i got here i got to new york and i'm like oh i want to find something to do so i did a lot of stuff actually right away i I, the first thing I started playing with was Transmageddi. I started playing bass. They were friends of mine, and like, hey, cool, you want to play bass with these guys? Sure. They were in New Jersey, and so I bought the bass player was quitting, so I bought his his Fender Precision, which I still have in the other room mm-hmm. for four hundred dollars. It's seventy two. It's beautiful. <laughs> I just basically started playing, and then I sucked at the point. I'm like, I don't know, I'm just guitarist playing bass. But then started. Then I played Josh from uh, Shift started a new band. We we always always friends with those guys. Really close too. And he started a new project, and I was playing guitar with that at first. And then Manny started playing bass, so I played, I played guitar. And then Manny quit, so I started playing bass. And we got a different guitars, and that was Big Collapse. They changed the name to Big Collapse, and I last saw you in 2001. Mm-hmm. Big Collapse on that Canadian tour. And then I was in New Rising Suns briefly, playing bass with Garrett, Texas is Reason, and Drew Bold, and Kevin Playing guitar, Kevin McGinnis, who I still hang out with now. I mean, text from this morning, probably. Like he's like a close friend out of all the people. He was the only person I didn't know in that band, and now we're the closest out of in that from that whole time. It's like Weird how it comes around, everything. Yeah. And Kevin's like a close friend, amazing. And I played with him for years. Like I just played with him and Drew, like last I don't know five years ago, four years. We had a good band together as well. So what I played in, and I also played in Judas Factor in '99. So it's like and I did a lot of stuff. I was like Transmagetti, New Rising Suns, The Big Collapse, Judas Factor. I recorded that album with them. We went and I joined like a week before recording. So I wrote, I literally wrote all my guitar parts in the studio. Okay, hit play. Let's go. Like wow. <laughs> and yeah. wrote and then wrote a song in the studio. It's like the mellowest song on the cello. It's like kind of like sunny day, real estate-ish kind of which was I was way into at mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah. So that was kinda of, yeah, I just kind of jammed around with different people here and there. But yeah. I, I kept busy, but then after mm-hmm. big collapse, it just got kind of crazy. And New and Sun was like draining. It kind of was, was like a you know, nightmare, kind of because they were at like pressure from major label, and I just quit right away. And it was, everything just became annoying. And I just, I started. I was working as a set designer, you know, for fashion advertising, and I basically just gave up music after you know after a big collapse, like two thousand one, two thousand two. Just I, it was hard to keep playing with people in New York. People were just wanted to play for money, and it was like a hassle. And, so, I kind of just gave it up. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just not, you know, I, I play music because I love it. I don't really want to make money. And it's like, if it's not fun, don't do it. So, I just worked, I just worked my ass off, really. And yeah, kind of quit music. There's a point, I think six years, I didn't touch an instrument. I think it must have been 2002 to eight or something. Yeah, because like 2008 or nine is when I picked it back up again. And, you know, Atlantic yeah. Pacific. Yeah. And, uh, and this amazing band called Blacklist, friends of mine, like the best. New York band you've never heard of, like, incredible.
0: Yeah. Well, I can understand the whole, like, being sort of like, I love music, and I love to play music, and I don't... If the money comes, I'm sure if the money came <laughs> easily, you'd be like, oh, okay, this is good. This is okay. Or the other one, the other look was like, okay, the money is what makes this uncool now. Is that kind of where you were going, or was it... Kind of,
1: yeah. I kind of was, yeah. because I mean, cause New Rising Suns, it was like, they were just got signed to Virgin Records, big deal. And like we had Ted Nicely, who was our producer and he was in the practice with us. And, and I just, we didn't get along. He just basically wanted my slot. He wanted to play bass on it. So he just kind of forced me out. So I, just, I gave him shit. I'm like, he's working for us. They're like, no, we got to kiss his ass. We have to... I'm like, no, dude, he's working for us. He's giving me 20 grand to do this record. Mm-hmm. He's working for us. We need to make him work, not the other way around. Like, right. like. I don't know. It was annoying. And I was just like, I didn't like it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and that was in the early 2000s too. Like and there's was, yeah. famously totally known. For, 90s, yeah. You know? And the, the early 2000s is famously known for the record industry. to basically collapse. Exactly. Where all these. Ba- you, go ahead.
1: Yep. Yeah. No, it's just everybody. It's like, didn't everybody learn? Like seriously, you get signed these major labels and they always fail every like, come on, don't fall for it. Don't. Yeah. I don't
0: know. Yeah. the, the, <laughs> You know, even like record labels like Fat Records were hurting around then. Like, because I've spoken to Aaron about Aaron Burkett about this, and she's like, Yeah, it was tough. Like, that was a hard time in the industry where nobody knew what to do. And a lot of bands I knew well, I worked for a band that actually were pretty successful and all, but they had basically self funded their whole thing and they were on Island Records, um, some 41. But they managed to somehow get by. You know, they lucked out. Yeah, but there's sort of—I don't know what it's like today in the record industry, but it used to be the system was like, let's sign five bands that all have the same kind of name, they all kind of look the same, they all play kind of music, and we're going to basically ball them up into like wet balls of <laughs> shit, and we're going to throw it at the wall, and then yeah, exactly. whatever one well, stays up there yeah. the longest, we're the one; those are the ones we're going to say, "Oh, okay, you're uh, you can stick around." Yeah, and yeah, it's just,
1: uh, today it's weird. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Do you even follow it much anymore? Like
1: not too much. I mean, I don't think you even need a label anymore. Now you can just do everything yourself. Like it's it's even easier to be DIY. You know. Yeah. it's Easier and harder. It's easier to do it, but it's harder to get the audience, I guess, and get the attention because everybody's so scattered and just nobody has attention span. Yeah. Yeah. So it's easier and harder. I think it's. But you don't need a label anymore. You can do it yourself.
0: Yeah, there's there is one thing though. I'm, you see, I had that thought until I spoke to a guy who used to be an A and R guy, and he came mm-hmm. up with a pretty good point. And the pretty good point is is if you have a committee of people who are driven to work for your band and do a good job, you're way more strong with that committee of people supporting you. And 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 in in, 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 in a, a true, proper mechanized system, is that yeah. when that committee works for you they push you into positions you as a solo person or as a solo group would never conceive or consider. Yeah. The problem is, is sure. that a lot of people are put on bands that they don't really like, you know, yeah. as, as exactly. a, so they're like, understanding even. It's like, yeah. yeah. So that's the problem. That's where the disconnect happens is where you have a publicist, you have, you have the, your day to day manager, then you have your day manager, your regular manager, and then you have that person. Then you have your accountant. All these people are supposed to work with you. Like, you're, like they like you. You know, and 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 a lot of the times it doesn't work.
1: It, it's just a job. Yeah, a lot of people are just like, "Hey, I'm just. It's just a job. I don't know. Like, I have to work with some band. I don't even know, you know, who yeah. it is or what.
0: It is. Yeah. And you know, I don't. You know, when you've joined bands and I've joined bands, and you know that the chemistry is there. You're like, "Oh, this is great. I love all these people. You know, I don't. Yeah. And we get to play music together as well. Or for me, as a guy who does sound and tour managers, I meet people and I've worked with people who are like, oh, my God, I, I love you people. You people are great people to work for. And then you've worked for people who are who like, oh, I can't wait to get off this tour. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the people I'd rather work for more often, obviously, are the people that you get along with. But you don't know until you meet these people for the first time, right? Like,
1: yeah, you don't.
0: Yeah, And to get in a van with somebody, you know, and... You know, I, I'll just put a few things together. I mean, as as a guy that's in a punk rock band and you tour all over the place in a van, you kind of have that sense of pride. Like, we made this, like, we started yeah. this. And to pass it off to a guy who, who I've my new found word I'm bringing up again is a shirt tucker. A shirt yeah. tucker is that's a person that's going to take, you know what I mean? That, invented <laughs> yeah. by Al Nolan of Trigger Happy. I'll give him the credit. But, um, That person is the person who, unfortunately, is the person that's going to hold your career in his hand sometimes. Yeah. So when you pass it off and you don't have a good vibe about that person, that's where shit goes bad, you know? And that's why punk rock and major labels never get along.
1: Well, that's exactly. I mean, it happened to Sensefield. That's why going back to John and Sensefield, I was actually, when I was visiting them, like, you know, mid-90s, they just got signed to, you know, what was it, Atlantic or whatever? Yeah right but they were just gonna sign it i was actually in i went up there to for them to sign their contracts like i was in the room they actually sat down with them they put one in front of me i'm like that's cool i'm not in the band but <laughs> but but then that that record got held up for like five six years or something they got yeah. screwed it, it basically got locked down like they recorded it was done i you know and that became like the the first record i forget what it's called the But I have it. Like you know, I I have actually the a copy of that C D but they had to rewrite it, you know, five, six years later to redo it with network label. Yeah, Yeah. with network. It's like crazy. But they got locked into a thing again, like they were stuck. They literally couldn't do anything. Like our songs are locked down. We can't release them, we can't do anything. Like we're we're in a holding pattern. Yeah
0: Yeah, even even Tool had that problem.
1: It's insane, Tool. Were, like, yeah, <laughs>
0: Tool, right? You know, the guys that, that are, that's the famous, infamous band. And didn't, uh, didn't um, uh, uh, what was the band that he started? Maynard started with Josh Freese playing drums. Uh, I saw them, Perfect Circle. Um, yeah. That's kind of what the Perfect Circle was, was a, was sort of like, well, these could have been Tool songs, you know, yeah. but they can't do yeah. Tool because they're under contract lockdown.
1: Yeah, because it's just a business. It's business, it's crap. It's yeah. Just, it's well, hello,
0: goodbye, too, had the same. They got raped because they handed their album in that, that um that uh, that big album they did, uh, and they didn't want it because that's not what they agreed upon. But it was a whole yeah. different thing that you know.
1: Yeah, I, so that's what I'm saying, just like it's kind of like, man, why that that sucks. Like, didn't and, and that's happened time and time again before that. So I'm like, why don't fall for it? Don't mm-hmm. you know it's risky. You you could it could destroys bands. It kind of destroyed a lot of bands, really.
0: Absolutely. And so you kind of looked at all this and sort of reactively went, okay, I don't want my heart broken again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's sort of, I I get uh, it. I understand.
1: I kind of stayed a little, I was was cautious. I'm like, I don't know. I'll play for money. I love it, but I know it doesn't work out. It's kind of like, "Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's kind of funny. I think back. It's like I never really made money off music. But fuck, why am I going to start now? It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like we're supposed to get we're supposed to get paid for all this stuff. Like, shit. <laughs> Seriously.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you were recording too at the same time. Was that a money making fashion thing, or was that a thing, or was that just the same thing? Just a to-
1: recording? No, just for fun. Lark. Just basically, just did demos and have fun and learn and yeah, you know, you know, did a lot of cool little demos in, in our town and you know.
0: Yeah, I was in the same boat, but I I had a, I ended up spending more money on recording gear. I got like eight ADATs yeah. and a studio yeah. and stuff like that too. And the same thing, I mean, like I recorded every band under the sun and just decided that I didn't actually like it very much anymore, yeah. you know, and I like it now, but it's at the same time, it's like, well, I don't need to do that anymore. So it's yeah. more fun when I get to do it. So
1: yeah. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's more fun when you, you. Yeah, I guess when you're forced to do something, it's not as fun. I think that's the whole point. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we have to practice every single day. Like, oh my god, you're stripping out all the fun. Like, it's, yeah. Oh, it's a chore now. I gotta be there to practice every day. Yeah.
0: Like, I play in a band fun. that uh, we don't practice. We just go play shows because we all yeah. kind of know how to play already we all yeah. get it. We understand it. The songs aren't complicated. Yeah. I bet you, though, if we were in sort of a mathematical rock and roll outfit, we would probably suck balls, though. We would be like, we're really it. <laughs> yeah, it
1: depends on the context of the music and the band. I mean, I play with my friends now in a band called Tears, T-I-E-R-S. It's just my friend Glenn. Um, it's an electronic band. It's him and his wife, uh, uh, Jen. Glenn and Jen Jennifer or Glennifer, we call. Them. Yeah. And it's it's her first band ever. She sings and plays keys and he does all the programming and keys. And I play guitar. But we we never practice ever. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing. It's program stuff. So it's, we've played, there's times where we've played show without practicing for like a month or two. It's like,
0: yeah. You know? It's, but it's
1: it's it's fine. It's kind of to me, it's exciting. It's like that's not how I do things really, because I'm such so ocd and has to be perfect and everything mm-hmm. in practice but it's kind of it's a good practice for me to be like, oh let it go because it's fun and, and it is fun and we want to keep it fun it's more of like and to me it's kind of improvising anyway i can kind of do whatever i want on guitar and nobody really even knows or cares or <laughs> it's
0: fine <laughs> well no that's yeah yeah so do you ever you wrote songs and things too right or were you always sort of like a sideman to the bands that you were in like were you your principal songwriter at any point
1: I'm um, pretty, I mean, I wrote majority of stuff like threadbare. I think a lot of it was mine and I was kind of the band Nazi who like, you know, the filter, no, it's not good enough for this or that. We can't, mm-hmm. it has to change So I was always like the jerk that way, but,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. but yeah, I I'm, can write. And, you know.
0: Yeah. Cause everybody needs that band Nazi. Everybody does. Yeah. They do. I think it,
1: I think it works. I think it, that's what I'm saying. I mean, and you know, it sucks. That I was that person, but it, it helped and it, it actually made us different and good. Cause you know, I, somebody would write you know carl would write a guitar riff i'm like that's yeah, cool but why don't we just change it like this why don't he how about dustin plays out on bass and we do this instead and it's like oh that's way better you know
0: like yeah it's yeah.
1: filtering things and you know understanding i think i'm i've always had way more of a producer mind in a way like i think i'm better at like hearing something and, and saying oh it'd be better if you did this mm-hmm. i don't
0: know yeah a lot it's funny though because when people i'm the same i'm in the same boat like let's try and change it up but I it always got mistaken mistaken for me trying to put my idea on top of their idea, yeah. so there was well, always the egos, like yeah, there's always egos like,
1: res- know, like, oh, resentment, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, and then that's normal.
0: sometimes you think, oh, am I just doing it so I can put my stamp on it? So then, so, but that's what get, getting when you get older, you start realizing like, oh, okay, well, no, I there, does it make the song better? Then at the end of it all, was what it what it turns into, yeah, which it always was, but then you start realizing, oh. You got to start dialing it back a little bit, you know, but yeah, especially exactly. when it comes in with ideas. Because I, I, for the first time in a, well, like in a long time, I'm in a band that I'm just the guy. Like, I don't write songs yeah. and <laughs> I just play guitar. I, I yeah. end up recording all the music and everything, but I'm just the guy. And, and, yeah. and I have to sometimes think like, oh, well, I'm just going to be the guy in this band. I don't want to be yeah, the yeah. guy that helps and writes and, and yeah, d- exactly. I don't need to do that, you know and you know when i want to be that's why i don't have a band because it's like i don't want to be that guy anymore because i was always like i started a band in 2001 and went all the way up to like 2009 and i was the band it was me you know yeah and that's not fun you know no it's not (laughs) people talking (laughs) behind their back
1: (laughs) imposing his things on us again
0: did you hear what simon said this morning yeah Yeah. fuck that
1: Yeah, no, it's like, I just that's yeah, kind of fun. Like that's I, you know, I, like I say, I quit music for like six years and kind of came out of retirement for a band called Blacklist. Who you know, Glenn played drums in that. Who I play with now, Glenn, and he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna need a guitarist. Do you want in?" I'm like, "Oh, hell yeah! You're My favorite band in New York. I, you know, I was pissed I wasn't in it from the beginning." He's like, "Yeah, you were always there from the start. Yeah." So I basically came out of retirement for that, and then at the same time, within like a few days, I. Like, my friend's Garrett you know from Texas reason and New Rising Sun's like oh yeah we need a bass player for a show a couple shows we're going to play Barrowy Bowery with Walters band and cool do you want to play bass i'm like sure perfect timing i can, i gave my chops back and then i was in Atlantic Pacific for 2 years or something you know until really? it ended so i was like i toured and we came across Canada and you know like i think we missed you like in 2010 we went through your neighborhood but you were busy and yeah so yeah It's like kind of funny how it just kind of came back, and then it's you know I just but I basically just joined these bands like okay cool like I wasn't like I don't have to do it and I'm not making decisions I'm just gonna hear them play my parts and make my parts and make it good and I don't have to worry about anything Mm -hmm. just take the back seat like tell me where to go where to be great cool this is fun
0: (laughs) it feels good right yeah yeah it does
1: Although, although I did take over kind of like the the. The business side of Blacklist when it ended because their guitarist was the the business guy and he left and so I kind of took it over and in a short time it just went bad fast like you know because I joined and we they had they were supposed to go we we're gonna play Germany the huge wave, Tepp Goth, festival thing we were playing the main stage we were playing the main stage with Fields of the Nephilim and Killing Joke and like it was amazing a dream of mine I'm like oh my god this is like a dream
0: yeah. and it just
1: kind of fell apart you know Cause like oh we can't get tickets and this and that and, you know it's it just became a nightmare I and mean, i realized oh man see this is why i didn't that's why i quit doing this shit <laughs> five people trying to just get you know together forget it this it just it's became a nightmare and then the people are pissed at me like what the fuck man you're pissing me you know, i'm like I, oh man no way
0: yeah yeah i i like the the band the the band by committee <clears throat> but that's the nightmare part of it is when the committee yeah. try, starts jumping in on it when you know i always liked when bands had jobs like, Descendants, yeah. they all have jobs. They have their jobs in the <laughs> band, you know? And all, yeah. they all have jobs. Like, Stefan drove, and Bill did the business, and, you know, they all had jobs. And I like that, and I tried to bring that into my band dynamic. And when you are in Europe, and there's more fun to be had than hanging up T-shirts, that's when uh, that's when Simon gets pissed. It's like, come on, guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I drove yeah. us here. I got us here. I booked the shows. Least you do is hang up fucking t shirt you know what i mean Exactly. and that's to me is like the frustrating part of it all because you're not i don't want to be the boss but there's like it should be a no duh moment like if you don't do certain things certain things won't happen but i guess that's that's the difference in opinions when it comes to uh being outgoing i guess you know and i think you're an outgoing guy so you always want to make shit happen so you know i think we have a kindred spirit there i think that's sort of like a well, let's just do it. And But I don't, now, the the difference is now I don't go, okay, I'll just do it myself. I don't yeah. do that anymore. I just let it fall in its face. <laughs> go yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm learning to do that, you know. Mm. So I play with people now, too. I play in different, you know, I play with my girlfriend's band and like this gothic folk band, all-women band, and same thing. I kind of just, I just, you know, I played with them full-on, but then it became crazy. I'm like, I, I quit. I'm not, you know, they had this other guy, session guy, and, so, but it's kind of same thing. Take a back seat. I used to when I was in playing with them. It's like I was so involved with it. Like I, I got to, we do this and that. And then I'm just like, I just step back. Like you do what you want, mm-hmm. you know. Let it let it fail too, because you're not. I told you that's not going to work. And they you let you guys got to see for yourself. Like you know, yeah. That's just kind of a lesson. I got to step back too. It's like I can't control everything and let people figure it out. Like, yeah. Not,
0: and know, that, sometimes I, you
1: know, some people didn't even want my opinions in the band. So I'm like, all right, screw it, you figure it out. Like.
0: Yeah, but see, <laughs> what you just explained there is that you can for, you're not being skeptical when people come up with silly well not silly ideas but ideas that you okay. can you can because of your experience you can look it's experience steps up the road and go here's why this won't work I could explain yeah. to you. We could sit down, and we could have a little campfire, and I could, you know, tell you about, by acoustic guitar as to why this isn't going to work. I could do a puppet show. Uh, I could explain how this puppet is. Shows gonna, are fun. Yeah. See, <laughs> this is the music industry. This is you, and they're going to yeah. eat you. You know. So that's some, So you can just sit there and try to explain it, or you can just go. It's just not going to work. Yeah. And I. No,
1: good. Yeah. A great example happened when I was playing with Drew and Kevin from New Rising Suns. we had a band a few years ago and i joined kind of like at kind of late too they did some demos and then like our friend left and then i joined replaced him and we had this girl singer she was like 20 something amazing amazing singer but we're all older we're like you know 40s and you know it's like seasoned musicians like drew and everything kevin it's like these guys are like legends you know in the scene kind of thing and Mm -hmm. she's like new and just didn't get it and we. She was so clueless and she was so talented. And just on those demos alone, like, you know, Drew was an, into another, just got back together. So they were just in Europe and he had the demo and he, he knows the Live Nation people and they're already like, any festival you want in Europe, you got it, anything, this is amazing. you know. So we already, we already had a whole thing and then she just flipped out on us and told us to go fuck ourselves. And she didn't, you know, she was weird. I'm like, man, you just, it's just, she didn't get it. She, I'm like, and I told her, I, I joined the band late. I kind of, when you were sitting in the room, I remember kind of, fighting because Kevin made a video of one of the songs and it was like super talking about puppets he did little hand puppet things and the video he made was so genius it was just like an animated stop-motion video And she's like it's so stupid it's so dumb it looks like some stoner kids made in their basement I'm like dude you don't even understand what Kevin did with that video fucking genius like he basically said fuck you to the whole industry mm-hmm. in a funny way like oh my god kind of like fuck you we don't need to show our faces and the girl's like oh i'm so hot i'm the lead singer and you know like and she's like was mad she just wasn't in the video like it's a narcissistic thing and kevin made this video was so genius i'm like and i sat down and said like, you know look i just kind of jumped in here i'm kind of filling in now got in late but you know seriously if these guys know what they're doing if they t- Tell you, and we don't. Even have, we have no pressure right now. No management. No label. Nothing. And you're freaking out now, like yeah. man. Just wait till the person. Wait till you get a manager. Like, no, you're not wearing that on stage. You're wearing this, and you're gonna do it. Like, you you don't even get it. Like I said, yeah. bottom line is like, if Kevin, I trust Kevin and Drew. If they, I trust these guys. They know what the fuck they're doing. And if you don't understand that, man, you're not gonna survive in this. And you're not. You. This is nothing right now. You're worried about nothing. Yeah. Like nobody cares about us right now, and you're freaking out. Like just wait till there's pressure. There's no pressure right now. Hmm. And she kind of quit and like, it's just like, man, that sucks. Like that's how you just, she doesn't get it. Like, you know, Kevin was pissed. Yeah. Go back to, you know, the voice show or something, you know, so that's basically the mentality is, is, oh man.
0: Yeah. There is definitely a disconnect between millennials and and us. Oh man. It it is because there is a, uh, there is a sense of when you look at those shows on TV and you say, oh, that looks easy. And I, I can sing that they don't, there's no point A to point... It's, like, so point A to point B that there's no, like, here's the steps along the way, you know? Yeah,
1: there's a lot of steps. There's a lot of different things coming at you. Because
0: not- if it was that, the voice, like, true canon of the voice, it would be a four-year-long series. <laughs> yeah, <know>. One season. <laughs> and, it yeah. went, and, and the results would never be the same. So what they're trying to do, obviously, is they're making one star... And when they make that one star, that one star will go out and do their little tour and go play the odd casino. But that's it. They're done. Yeah, exactly. But disposable, next. like a can yeah. of Coke. That's psh, yeah. they just throw it Drink out. Drink it, throw it away. Throw right, it next. out. We're done next. Yeah. yeah. So, and then the guys that we've all sort of worked in respect are lifers and have been like, yeah. first of all, <laughs> did like eat out of dumpsters at one point in their career, um, either figuratively or literally. Um, but they had to, they, and the unwavering um, um, uh, enthusiasm kept them going and yeah. are still doing it today.
1: Yep. you can't exactly. teach that's that. You yeah, can't so teach that's that. That's what I'm saying exactly. I, I, Kevin and Drew are still, you know, like I said, Kevin and I hang out a lot, and I hope hopefully, like we can all s- like Kevin, Drew, and I start playing again. Mm-hmm. Although Drew is like into another's back full force, so I don't know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. And he's playing with Walter's new band and everything. But yeah, but it's again like he's a lifer. Like they mm-hmm. respect the hell out of them, like, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, the uh, the you know, in the industry is so topsy turvy. And, you know, I do agree with you that good, the cream does rise to the top, you know, when it comes to good, you know, and when there is good and you see good, it's like almost like a breath of fresh air. And, you know, I'm trying to, the other thing I've realized is that there's no way to really engineer success. Any like never really was, but it's even harder now that there's so many different factions and, you know, musical tastes and what's popular music and you don't have kids. You have, you have kids.
1: No. Two cats. I, yeah.
0: I have two kids. I have and one and both of them don't they're not like remember when we were kids there was metalheads, punkers, there was like goths, there was like there's no, none of that really,
1: anymore. I'm all of those mixed.
0: There's yeah, there's none of that anymore. There's no musical diversity or not diversity, but there's no musical um uh sects of music or, or, or groups of people who are like who judge other people based on them liking other types of music. Because metalheads yeah. always thought the punkers were dirty and the punkers always yeah, thought yeah. the metalheads were jocks or assholes.
1: Yeah.
0: So if there's anything positive to come out of that, is that there isn't really any lines between what musical yeah, I mean, taste is. Everything's
1: isn't. blurred. It's just like everything's blurred together. There's like, yeah. you know, it's all blended together. There's no divisions. It's
0: sure. Like, and you can take that as a, as yeah. a negative yeah. look and say, oh, well, then there's no, no really. distinctive music. Yeah. Or you could say... Well, that's kid because my kid loves American Idiot, and he also loves um, Lumineers. He also yeah. loves music that I've never heard before. So, because he's not afraid to like something that you know, it's interesting. Yeah, I think
1: right? it's great. It's, it's more diverse. It's more creative. I think everything blending together is great. I don't. I. I think it's awesome. Like, yeah. You know. Everything, yeah. everything to me, our music's always been like that. My friend and I used to always like joke. Kind of like you know, I, I love I love a lot of black metal, and I'm like I and I like I seriously, this it's so close to like classical music, and it's half the time, and then even like electronic, like like Portishead came in the other day. It's like, dude, this song sounds like this could be a satiricon early song. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it all, yeah, it's similar. There's no, you know, we always talk about the first big country record. You know,
0: oh yeah. It's, like, that's
1: one of the best records ever made, but that, you just put some distortion on the guitar, it's like a Slayer record, seriously. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, there's no difference. The riffs in there are so good. Like, the yeah. musicianship, it's, it's incredible. And the guitar playing, it's its true. Like, music's music, kind of. It's just like, you know, yeah. it doesn't really matter. I think it's kind of all blends together anyway.
0: Yeah, well, I think you're unique that way, too. I mean, because, you know, I do remember looking at your record collection and going, oh, oh, ooh, you like this, oh, you like that. And I remember we both had a... <laughs> We both had a love for girl singers for a while. And yeah. I, Lisa Lowe. Yeah, you got me into
1: Clouds. You got me into Clouds. clouds
0: that's right. Clouds. I was trying to remember bands. the name of that band actually like two days ago. Now you did. Um, and I clouds. Still know yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I got into
1: them because of Red Fisher and your van driving to Mankato, I think from Minneapolis to Mankato. I remember you had a cassette in there. And that's how I got into them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I met the drummer in Vancouver and he gave me all their demos. And then actually later on, I guess bef- I guess after that, I went to um, I went to Australia with new, with uh, SNFU, and I nice. uh, I went to their record label because it was in um, uh, off, close to Sydney, New, uh, new South Wales. And we went right to their record label, and they gave me everything—the whole discography of Clouds, everything cassette, because CDs like they filled my bag full of shit. Because I couldn't uh-huh. believe like this dude from Canada. Was here and I'm like, dude, I tell everybody about this band. I love this band. Yeah,
1: no, I got into it because of you, and I have, I have everything like legit. I have like a gate full seven inches. I had like, yeah, I used to write the manager back then too. I started writing to him, and then at one point she sent me a bunch of stuff she could find, but then like she ripped me off at one point. Like never wrote back. Like sent like thirty bucks for first stuff, and it never. Nah. Or she just. Disappeared
0: or died? I don't know. Maybe he died. <laughs> 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 I mean, we were both into uh, we were both into uh, Julian Hatfield too, and then you know, I found out that <laughs> Julian Hatfield isn't a very nice person. So uh, <laughs> sucks. Yeah, I know.
1: It's, I hate hearing about that stuff. Like, I
0: know, uh, right? Me too. But there's
1: also great stories because a friend of mine just his band. Uh, he was in this girl band, Palomar.
0: Oh um, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Palomar played just open like it was like I don't know, probably six years ago now or something. Open for uh, primitives. We're playing in New York, in Brooklyn. So the primitives, they were opening for primitives. Like, oh, my God, primitives are one of my favorites, too. A UK band. Oh, my kick ass. So I got there and hung out with them at Soundcheck and stuff. Oh, my God. They're best friends. Like mm-hmm. primitives. Woo, nicest people on fucking earth. It was like hanging out with old friends that you haven't seen for, you know, like, hey, we're going to go to like, lunch. Come with us. You know, like, uh, about music and playing again. Was, they were so, so beautiful. No attitude, no ego. They were just, like, happy to play music. And just like It was like us talking now. It was yeah. so fucking yeah. so cool I'm like you guys are I fucking love you guys I yeah. was so excited
0: did you get, ever like, get into Babe the Blue Ox yeah
1: yeah, yeah they are
0: good they were good Like they just put a new album out like a year and a half ago
1: wow I yeah. didn't know that I think they <laughs> recorded
0: that actually actually, kind of upstate New York too so kind of close to where you guys are where you are right now um, yeah, yeah cause I tried to reach out to the guitar player from Babe the Blue Ox and he never really got back to me so <laughs> <laughs> fuck that band <laughs> uh but actually there is an interesting story because babe the blue ox got signed to rca records and the guitar tech for SNFU, who also was the guitar tech for um like bands like rancid and stuff his name is brian downey who's also a new york guy he lives in hoboken yeah. now um he was the girlfriend of babe the blue ox's a and r person <laughs> so yeah. so she kept sending me babe the blue ox stuff um when they were on rca so I always got like the neat, cool stuff, like the promo stuff from Baby Blocks. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. The um, so you, do you have any aspirations to like to get any more music together, or are you just still set design? Like, we haven't even talked about set design. Like that, to me, that's (laughs) we haven't even gone there. Like, so yeah,
1: that's the next episode. No, that's a whole (laughs) other thing. No, I mean the set design, kind of like I. It kind of just, it's slow. Like the industry, I saw the industry slowing down. Like you know, five six years ago. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just kind of started making plans to get out of it. So I do it when I can, but it's not even like, I mean, I moved upstate here. I I have a house. Have, I'm a tenant, so I have, uh, I have tenants for rental income. So I have money from basically tenants. I can live off that. And so I kind of saw it coming and just bailed on New York City. I tried to buy a place, and it was just a, it's just like insane down there. And I wanted to I wanted to get away from the crazy. City and I started. I mean, I started making guitar amps like a few, you know, two thousand like what, twelve. Started making. I was bored. And I taught myself like how to make amps, and I'm a cabinet maker, so that was the building was easy. It's just the electronic parts. So I wanted to get away from the city and just have a relaxing home. And you know, my mm-hmm. garage is my shop. I can I make amps in the other room. I have so much space here. It's crazy.
0: amazing, amazing. What yeah. what are you working with? Tube amps or with solid yeah, state?
1: All tube amps. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: dangerous stuff. You know.
1: Yeah, it is. It's, it's good. I mean, I just, it's, it's, you know, I've been taking it easy lately. I mean, I've done a few like trade shows, but it's tough. It's like boutique amps is like, you know, another thing. I, I find all these like things, I have all these useless talents that don't make me money. They're great, but they don't make a lot of money. you know, unless you're,
0: Yeah. Well, answer. you can save yourself in repairs.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did. I've already repaired so many friends stuff around here. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I, that's the whole thing. I wanted to just make it for myself anyway. Kind of, so that's I did that, and I, like within a year, I designed a circuit and everything, and made it, and like, did a show and like you know a trade show. And, but then again, it's you know I'm in New York, and people are just going, yeah, whatever, Psh, yeah, yeah, who cares? Good for you. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, yeah, forget <laughs> it. Yeah, it's like yeah.
0: <laughs> is that is that a, a New York uh, kind of like attitude when it comes to stuff like? Because kind of, yeah. Toronto's oh, the same so. kind of way, but not as intense. Because yeah. I met people yeah, from New, New York. Remember, you
1: know, like, cool, like everybody's kind of like, yeah, too, cool to like, kind of, yeah, whatever. And then people just rip me off the next year. I see like the same show. Like this dude's like, Hey, I'm I'm making it. I'm like, fuck off. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I I gotta get out of here. I mean, I don't think New York is in Brooklyn and just the whole New York city is really, I think the days of like living there and doing something cool and creative. Nobody really cares. It's, it's oversaturated and nobody really cares. It's hard to be an artist there and and get noticed and survive really. It's kind of, I think it's over. It's going to go through a little period of just all the wall street douchebags move in and, Mm-hmm. Take it over for a while until they realize, like, wait, everything cool is gone. This sucks, and then yeah. hopefully leave. And then it come, the artists come back in. But I think it's just it's changing. It's going through a phase, and it's okay. It's fun. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, that's what happened in Toronto too. A lot of uh, gentrification. Um, yeah. The actual the, the artist areas are slowly but surely been taken over by condos, and I think there's no room for condos in Manhattan and in Brooklyn and things like that. Really, uh, unless you take stuff and rip it all down and then start again, but we have enough sort of real estate on the outlying areas that they're still worrying about like developing that. And it's happening. Like, you know, so, you know, you got a new president and all that stuff. Like what's your, what's your take on all that? It's scary, right?
1: It's yeah, it's insane. I don't even like thinking about it. It's just, it's just, I don't even, I don't even understand how messed up everything is. It's insane. Like, how does it affect
0: you? Like, how is it going to affect you now?
1: I'm just, I'm fuck. I'm just like trying to not get like, depressed about it just like so like, it's just so hopeless man it's just mm-hmm. like man just, what's going on worst people ever in this in the in our whole country this country is like fucked yeah <laughs> it's crazy it's over like america's done like you know matter even even if he doesn't become president right now it's like the damage is done like there's you know america is not like going to be the world leader i think it's going to you know you're going to be a shift you're how you're going to enjoy seeing america be like in the back seat pretty soon because we're not going to be like leaders in the world like we're not
0: well, I think when I look yeah. at what the Amer- what American politics is and what it's been, there has been a big shift over the past six months, especially with how media and how um, what people can say now is the the bar has been lowered even lower than what it was. Yeah, and it's like
1: it's under, it's buried. The bar is like buried. <laughs>
0: yeah, and you couldn't have like a, a more polarized news agencies like between Fox and CNN. Um, there's nothing that's actually not non biased unless you watch like BBC or watch something that's not American. Um, so, but I also truly think and hope that when it comes to push and button time, like if there is a time for a nuclear holocaust, that um, there would be enough uh, diplomacy in the way that would possibly avert that rather than having some orange skinned weirdo with bad hair saying, uh, Fuck them. Let's do it. Let's fucking bomb them. You know, I don't, I don't know. I th- part of me I thinks think that's not going to happen.
1: But it's also like, I don't think half the stuff that's happening you now, I never thought could happen. You, know, you got like, like isn't like Rick Perry, head of departments? He can't even remember. He's going to be the fucking head of energy. And he's like, Department of Energy. He didn't even know what it was. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just like, man, it's just, even this morning, I was thinking, well, I can't look at this shit anymore because it's just making me crazy. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's almost so insane that you, you know, like how much more insane can this get? It's like, it's, it's yeah. fucked. Like, I think every like reality is shifting. Like it can't even, you can't even comprehend like something, you know?
0: Yeah. You it's just remember idiocracy, stuff. ever seen the idiocracy, the yeah, Mike yeah. judgment. Oh. It's that, that's what we're going to slowly, <laughs> yeah, but surely.
1: Yeah. Fast, faster than we even can imagine. Yeah. But just, but there's a lot of stuff happening that people don't even realize are happening. You know, it's just, now they say, you know, CIA confirms like, you know, Russia had, you know, dealings, hadn't meddled in the, you know, into the elections, and it's like, well, that's a big deal right there. And it's like, but there's so many other implications that from that. And it's like, even just if you look at it from a few different perspectives, like I mean, kind of like Russia is kind of taking over as a superpower. and They're going to kind of, they're kind of basically, they want to just even no matter what. Right now, the damage is done. Even if it, even if we just got rid of Trump and got Clinton, it's still the damage is already there. It's already it's almost too late. Like it's, we're in it, man. It's, it's going down fast. Like mm-hmm. there's just so many things happening and there's a lot of really well-written articles by well-respected, like, you know, journalists and like, you know, it's like make you think, man, it's, it's really bad, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really bad. Worse than you think. It-
0: yeah. Well, I think, I think the, uh, like, I, I truly hope that diplomacy will reign true. And I read this great fake onion thing that Bill Cosby was going to be the head of women's relations. <laughs> yeah, that's, exactly. that's what I heard. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, can, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That might happen. The, uh, well,
1: so. Yeah, you never know. Shit, it might <laughs> yeah, I know. You
0: never know. It could happen. Well, then again, I always thought, well, Trump. It's always been somewhat of a businessman. You figured he would put the best, smartest people and headhunt people that were supposed to be no. in I mean, this position. Not,
1: none of these people you would even hire for, to be a manager at Applebee's. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Some freaking... it's like insane. Like, but it's also it's shifting perspective on all like the pe- kids growing up now. And stuff you see this and you're like, well, I guess you can lie, cheat, steal. Who gives a shit? Say whatever you want. It's kind of like it sets a bad precedent for people coming up and kids see this now. Like, yeah. I don't have to. You know my job i can just bullshit my way through and you know yeah, yeah. it's a weird it's gonna change people's psyches it's gonna be weird like it's only gonna get worse because then you know 10 years from now you're gonna have these kids like what's wrong i can't punch someone in the face it's okay like,
0: it's, <laughs> yeah, it's true
1: <laughs> it's normal it's, i'm mad you
0: know that's what i do yeah i'm mad and i need to be justified yeah it's just yeah it's weird well you're scaring me chad <laughs> <laughs>
1: And I hate the yeah. It's like I try not to get like dark. But I'm like, man, it's bad. It's
0: well. Is there anything, anything positive? country.
1: I'm in Trump country now. Yeah, like, you are right here, I mean, this is full on Trump supporters right now. Like, they're running enough. They're they're idiots. Like, yeah, like, seriously, you you're the you're the only one that are losing. Like, I I'm gonna do well. I'm fine. I you know, yeah. I'm saved up. I got a house. I'm fucking fine. But I you know you're the ones who are gonna hurt yourself. And it's just people are so dumb. You know, they're just just so dumb. It's so it's sad. It's really sad. But. And my thing, I'm kind of like, well, I'm, I'm not going to support these or help or even try to pretend that I care about these people anymore. I'm going to – all right, I'm moving on. I'm cutting you. Like Maybe America isn't – we don't need these people. Like let's just – I'm not going to like, oh, America's great. No, it's not. Like, half of you guys are fucking idiots. Like you don't even understand mm. and follow things. And But I did read a good – I mean the good thing about this is if people are getting – uh, busy again you have to get off your ass and like fight back now and resist like, Engaged, So it's yeah. going to make Amer- it'll make us all stronger that way it make America stronger in a way that he didn't want it it's going to make us all fight back more and be stronger and i think it just strengthens communities like we have to stick together and stick together if my gay friends would get beat up down the street and, like st- you know stick together yeah and, and and watch each other's back and get tighter knit community just get tight with your people around you
0: yeah so, well but- if anything too it's going to make stand up comedy a whole lot funnier Because the material created is going to be brilliant.
1: You don't even have to have comedians. It's just, it's already funny. (laughs) It's it's true. Shits turn on the news. CNN is comedy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Fox News is funnier. Like, if I were to watch a great comedy channel, I'd watch Fox News, because that's... uh... But even
1: even Fox is, like, making fun or having issues with, like, Trump, and, like, you know, they're kind of like, man, when... Yeah, and eating it themselves. It's crazy. Yeah, that's how bad it's gotten.
0: <laughs> even the even the even the Republican side of news agency is like, "Fuck Trump, What's that yeah. guy."
1: They're kind of getting it. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's nuts. I always thought during the race that you know this skeleton's coming out because when you're a developer in Manhattan and, and <clears throat> you know you have to put a big building where perhaps there was an Indian burial ground or sacred land where you, all the things and the money and the pom- grease palms and the perhaps yeah. even murder like things you have to do to be a developer in Manhattan, something had to come out and nothing did. Yeah. You know, I like mean, just,
1: it's just the fact alone that he, you know, just all his things he said, I mean, just from the beginning, like, Oh, Mexicans are rapists. And then making fun of the paraplegic guy, like right there, should have be, been like done yeah. game over. You're out, you're out of the race. Like that's dude.
0: Yeah. Dude. You can't do that. But
1: It never, it never stopped. I like, think it's a, re- it's basically, it's a reality show that, this isn't a fucking joke. That's why I think half the people here and the supporters—they think it's a fucking TV show. It's not a TV show, dude. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's yeah not this a fucking TV show. You'll find out they, in a couple of months what this is going to mean. You know, so it's
1: that it's, it's VIP. I think people just don't get it. It's not a, a reality TV show because people never leave their neighborhoods and never experience real life. They don't travel. They don't go anywhere. They don't. Yeah. You
0: know, we, it's sad. We, as Canada has an open invitation to you and, and your your friends, though, we, yeah. come on <laughs> up.
1: I love Canada. I always, I've always i always loved Canada. That's right. We've toured there. I've always I'm jealous of you guys. You, hmm. you get paid. You know, you actually can get grants for doing arts and making mm-hmm. records. It's like...
0: Pfft. It comes at a price, though, because our taxes are, you know, pretty insane when it comes to stuff like that. Um, yeah. So but that's a tough thing to try and explain to Americans about that is that not you, but when people say, yeah, you're communist up there. And when those people come with that approach, you're like, yeah, you don't know what my, do you know what my land taxes right now? Do you know what I pay in income tax right now? I'm paying 42% income tax. Yeah. That's what I pay. We're
1: paying, we're paying 30 something. Sometimes it's, you know, like just as much, but we get nothing in return.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So where does that, yeah. So it's like when it comes to healthcare and things like that, okay, obamacare maybe wasn't good but yeah i feel the whole thing had to go whole hog with obamacare it had to had to do whole hog or not you couldn't just have a little bit here and a little bit there and then try to make everybody happy it just had to go bam you guys work for the government now you're all part of the government so you're all going to work in healthcare because that's what ours is essentially it's 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 regulated by the government you know I don't know. If you ever watch Sicko, that's a bit of a gross exp- um, exploitation of what American healthcare is like. Yeah. I I don't think you came in. You had to make a choice which finger you're going to keep. I, gotta- yeah. <laughs> I think they put both fingers back on. They charge yeah. you. But, you know, I think they would. Yeah. Um, well, let's bring this around back to back to music. Cause I don't want to take much more of your time. <laughs> yeah, like,
1: yeah. That was a
0: good diatribe. We we went off there. Um, and I'm sorry yeah, I yeah, brought like, that don't up.
1: Start talking about politics. We can edit that out.
0: I yeah. Know. Yeah. Well, I, I apologize for that. But I I just like. I under you know I have a tough time understanding what's going on down there and I, oh, to me it's dude,
1: a, I, I live here I do too it's like I don't know man that's why we're off the rails I don't know
0: mm, well it's off the rails I don't know like I said I'm I'm not anticipating a nuclear strike at any time given I think still human element is still a uh, like the human element of oh if you bomb we bomb and then we're all dead I still yeah. think that's but
1: I don't see that but I think it's also getting to a point where it's so polarized it's so hot. It's, it's just like it's not. It's not that far off. I, honestly, it's kind of scary. You
0: know, it's going to save you, see. Ronald Reagan. Star Wars. Remember That's Star Wars? Ronald Reagan yeah. had Star Wars. He was going to shoot <laughs> lasers from the sky and yeah, was going to like shoot your shoot the Russian missiles down.
1: Yeah, right.
0: It's going to happen, <laughs> man. <laughs> if there's any reason for it to happen it probably happened now in 2016 then 1984 yeah. or whatever when it was 86. <laughs> exactly yeah best
1: movie 84 was it red dawn was yeah 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 yeah, best yeah. Movie ever. absolutely man I love
0: it. <laughs> well i yeah um so so you're gonna be so you're kind of laying low on the set design is kind of what you're saying
1: yeah i take jobs when i get them and come and go but i'm not like actively you know, i'm not hustling and trying to like yeah because you know i don't want i don't want to be in the city that much anyway so going when i need to
0: yeah well it sounds like you've you've really like uh you got to where you need to be you you, you were in quiet and then you moved to chaos now you're back in quiet again and that's uh yeah. I'm yeah. trying to stay
1: quiet stay in the quiet zone
0: yeah two hours so you must not be that far from albany then
1: uh yeah we're like you know 15 minutes away it's like yeah yeah Twenty-two miles? Or no, not even like like forty miles. I don't know. Up it's the I like eighty. hour. Is it the eighty? Eighty-seven.
0: Eighty-seven. That's right. Yeah. Or I just
1: take nine. And there's like a side road up here. It's faster actually. Because the ninety
0: is <laughs> to come across ninety to Albany and down through. <laughs> I used to come that way. Yeah. Uh But now, now you just go down through Syracuse in the I eighty. So I don't even wouldn't even come by your place. But I really do want to come by, and if I brought yeah, something, yeah. maybe we do some recording because I have some gear now, and we should make a yeah. make some music, man. Yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah. anytime, That'd be fun.
0: Absolutely. Cool, man. Well, uh, thanks for doing the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: That was Chad Zwaver. A very good, solid, awesome guy, a very old friend of mine. Um, You know, I'm sort of glad that I met all these cool people years ago because I would be a very boring podcast if I didn't meet so many neat people. Thanks so much for listening to the show, everybody. Um, don't forget to go to apolog.ca slash Amazon to support the show. Uh, don't forget to go to patreon.com slash to pledge and support the show. Don't forget to go to apolog.ca slash shop and buy some a shirt and some stuff. It's, it's Christmas time. Everybody buy presents for people. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're trained to do. Every week I do a show Called the Applog Podcast And every week I am always amazed By the amount of Conversation that I can get Out of people <laughs> I'm amazed There's been a few Along the way That haven't been so much fun But this is my second year Of podcasting Officially today Um I did a few With a friend of mine Jim Norton And that One day might hit The light of day I remember the first First episode we did I got wasted I got really drunk And, and we couldn't use any of it Because I was too drunk Um Jim, you're a good friend. Come on the show one day, okay? That'd be fun to have you back on the show. It's been two years, man. Okay, I hope I hope you're not pissed. I hope you're not mad because uh, I'm doing my own show. It's been two years, so let's do it every week, everybody. Um, next episode is going to be a one of. It's going to be a repeat because it will be Boxing Day, the date that list is scheduled to come out. So it'll be Boxing Day. So I'm going to do a best of. One of my favorite episodes of the year I haven't figured out which one it's going to be I have to look at it and then I'll pu- put that back up With some fresh intros and outros Everybody have a great, happy, safe holiday season Have a great rest of the year I hope everything works out for everybody I hope you do well I hope you succeed I hope you make friends out of, en- out of- from enemies I hope your enemies are now your friends Have a good day, have a good night Sleep tight, I love you Bye.